This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, one of our favorite shows does an episode on colorism, but did they even really want to talk about it? The politics of what's fair, people who can't read arguing over books, and will the next generation suck less than we do? It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Oh my goodness. On my mama. On my hood. What else? I forget. But I, something I, I, about me looking good. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Oh God. You know if it's on your mama, then it's the truth. Yeah. Like, that's it. it yeah. You it can't is. just be putting random lies on your mama, even though people do it. Nobody cares about black women. People be lying on their kids though. That's true. Like, oh my son. Like, you fucking. You just lying. met that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with Queen, Queen and Jay. Jay. All right. Yes. How's everything with you? Everything's cool. How's everything with you? It's good. That's it's good. A, it's a holiday. It's MLK weekend. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag TBQJ. You can use it on all of the social meds, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We would like that shit. Retweet that shit. And, you know, comment on that shit. That's right. Um, also, use the now listening hashtag pod in to let everyone know that you are listening to T with Queen and Jay. That's right, yo. Do that. Do mm-hmm. you want to tell the people what libations are? I sure do. So libations are where we pour some for the homies, the people, places, and things, the ancestors that give us black ass joy. Those are libations. So Jay, yo, do you have any libations? I do. I have several libations. Okay. First off, I know we have a shared libation. We have a shared libation. Uh, we want to libate the uh, post-apocalyptic utopian masterpiece that That's is the twerk video yes. by the problematic city girls and our fear leader cardi b yo yes what an amazing fucking video it's such a dope video there's like no man i think i randomly see a man way man way at the end yeah at the end when they're doing like a behind the scenes kind of thing yes. it's like there's a few guys on production yeah but like no one, there's like, none on the video no one centered mm-hmm. um which i really enjoy i enjoy seeing all that ass mm-hmm. um i also enjoyed that they were a part of the twerking and on the polls and all of that stuff like sometimes you'll see like that being the background to right. the video so even, like an even, artist yeah even when it's a woman artist right it's like, so it's like she'll hire other, she'll, other to, people to incorporate they're stripper doing culture that. yeah right. they're doing that and i'm over here mm-hmm. rapping mm-hmm. um and it was like nah we we doing this yeah. like this is what we doing mm-hmm. like all of us which i fucking like and it says a lot and they look mad cute. They did look super they look cute. So cute. And like they were having a good time. Mad fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. I enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. So libations to that shit. My second libation, it's also kind of a joint libation because you were there. Yeah. We went to Black Comic Book Fest this past weekend in Harlem at the Schomburg. And that was fucking lit. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing time. I was on a panel uh, moderated by Michael Flood. That's at Flood underscore movement on Instagram. He is the black. Su- no, Hi, he Mike. is the Superman of Harlem. I don't think he says the black Superman of Harlem. He's the, the Superman, Superman of, of Harlem. Harlem. And he's also Mike. And he has really broad shoulders. I'm going to ask you again not to speak to him or about him that way, please. Why? Okay. All right. 
Uh, so he moderated an amazing Black Villains Matter panel, and uh, I still can't believe that I got to like sit on the stage at the Schomburg and mm-hmm. talk about villains. Yeah, but it was really dope. I'm gonna put the link to the panel in the show notes so that anybody who wants to watch it can take cool. a look. Yeah. Um, but it was myself, Kennedy from the Black Tribbles, uh, Royce Johnson from he's an actor. He is on. Punisher, yeah, I think plays that's a cop what he on said. Punisher and a few other places. And then Ron from You Don't Read Comics dot mm-hmm. com was also there, uh-huh. and uh, we had a great fucking time cool. talking about shit, yo. Mm-hmm. It was I said Kennedy already, right? Yeah, that was. The I had one. to say Kennedy twice because cool. that's my friend. Okay, but we <laughs> we had an amazing time. Kennedy was fun. Yeah, she's Kennedy a good time. and Jay had a lot of energy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get to play with my homegirl. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So cool. I had a really good time doing that. Shout out to everybody who came. Thanks to all the listeners who showed up early. It was an early panel. Who yeah, showed up early and early. like supported. So we really do appreciate that. And um, I had a they great got time. There earlier than me. They did. Look, I was trucking from Brooklyn on a weekend train mm-hmm. to, from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia. Yeah. Well, thank you for trying. <laughs> thank you for trying to join. But you can see the playback and I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. But we had a great time mm-hmm. at the festival overall. I have con crud now. Um, What's that mean? That's like after you go to a con and then you walk away with like the sniffles or some shit because you've been hugging people. Oh. There's mad people there. You've been Everybody's been touching the same stuff. So I, I got a little bit of that that I was try, I tried to like to get up rid of. Your immune system, yo. I know. I it's hard to avoid that though. It's like I don't thing. know. I don't really get sick, so uh huh. That's like slide. a common thing. All right. Um, I also don't hug people, so okay. <laughs> That's fair. Strangers, anyways. That's fair. But yeah, it was a dope event. I always have a good time mm-hmm. there. It's a free event, which yeah. I like mm-hmm. um, compared to a lot of other cons that you know charge a cover. So yeah. it was. It offers access to folks who otherwise might not able to yeah. be there, which is, I think, also why it's such an intergenerational space. It was very... That was my first time there. Mm-hmm. It was so intergenerational. Yeah. From, like, I the babies yeah. to, like, the el- like people's uh, grandmas yes. out there participating and, like, asking questions at panels and shit or just offering or commentary. Or offering information yeah. that the other elder just said. Repeating <laughs> each other. <laughs> It was it was, was so amazing. Cute. It was amazing. Was so this cute. one elder got up during um well I had seen her get up in two panels, right? So one time she got up to talk about the Statue of Liberty because there was are they anthropologists who are mm, up there? No. I don't know. Anyway, there was a panel on including um like history, the history of like black folks in the archives and yeah. shit like that within uh, comic books and within fiction and shit like that so somebody was talk- somebody they had brought up the statue of liberty and several of the elders got up to talk about how the, the statue of liberty, liberty was originally a black woman and you know all the uh, true things but um yeah. they they did they were i think a little bothered that it hadn't been mentioned on the stage because i think that the way like because it's intergenerational so mm-hmm. when we talk about black things we know it's black things whereas with right. them they they come from a generation where you always had to preface right where black this black yes, that black yeah you had to say it so, so it's like yeah. does everybody know, know let's this? make sure that Did we you know all know that, that, right. that they were black whereas for True. us it was just like black mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that type mm-hmm. of thing yeah so that was cool and then in another panel one of the elders got up and this was the black women writers okay. uh panel so this is like the last panel of the con and she gets up and she's like, so where do y'all sell y'all's products? Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
so they answer you know it's online it's here there whatever and they're like well these books they're, they're expensive they're $35 for a graphic novel I'm not paying $35 for these books <laughs> I'm dying laughing <laughs> I almost died <laughs> almost died yo her out I, I like but that's the thing about like when we have spaces that are specific to only certain generations of people mm-hmm. you miss out on all of this stuff yeah right exactly. so it was important i feel like for her to be able to ask that question and for the panelists to be able to clarify no you can actually get a book for this amount of money if you are buying this type of book it's going to cost this amount of yeah. money you can go to the library and if they don't oh yeah she, they, they said oh you can go to the library she's like well they steal all the books <laughs> <laughs> so they were able to let her know if you go to a library and the the trade or book that you want is not there you can request it they have to get another one so yeah. like if it was stolen they have to order another one mm-hmm. um she was she was outraged okay but i still hold the book right right oh, so God. that was cool and this little this young kid oh, who looked like he was i love this he looked like six i would guess right he sounds six. I didn't see him, but yeah. he sounds six. Yeah, he was giving me six vibes because, like, they know how to talk, but they still sound like super little. Like yeah, they're still, still kind of putting little, their thoughts still together. Still thinking about yes, it. Yes, type, yes. Yeah, he sounds six to me. So too. during the Black Villains panel, he got up and he asked, um, "How did Black Manta from Aquaman? How did he make, make his, his suit? suit?" Which I thought was so cute because in the movie you watch him like put his suit together and stuff like that. But I guess I didn't think of, "Oh wow, how does he? You know, like how did he do?" that yeah. or how did he know to do that and you might think oh well that's kind of like like we don't know like that's he just did it or yeah. whatever but kennedy was able to say no he actually had a history in engineering Again, he was an engineer yeah, and he was a pirate so he had stolen these things mm-hmm. or whatever it was just a very practical answer yeah and that he had a place to ask that question because he didn't just see that movie that day. No, who knows when he, he saw thinking, that movie? And who yes. knows how long he was thinking exactly. about this? Exactly. He's like, I'm, I'm now's the yes. time. I'm going to ask somebody. Oh my god! Yeah. And then when you go to these, um, when you go to these larger cons, the space for I think children to be centered in that way is yeah. no, there's no telling whether he would have been able to ask that question at a huge con or not you know so Mm -hmm. it's important that we lift these spaces up and that we participate and that we donate i think you can donate to black comic book fest usually when they have the event they'll leave they'll have a donation space or whatever Mm -hmm. um i think you can also donate to the schomburg library Mm -hmm. which hosts that so yeah it was fucking dope i had an amazing time and i just i just felt black and loved Mm -hmm. and like it was just fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I have a good time every year. So I was I was thankful and appreciative to be able to like actually participate in that way yeah. this year. So that was cool. Also, I did my Storm Baku cosplay. Mm-hmm. I did that on the Friday. Um, I couldn't do it twice. I didn't have it in me. So I did it on a Friday and um, everybody got it, mm-hmm. which was cool. That was super exciting. And thank you, Ronnie from shade parade podcast for helping me out yo i like being able to like text him and be like i think i want to do this and him feel the same excitement that i have yeah. in my head over it so that's ridiculous and it's funny because I, I put it on i've gained a lot of weight over mm-hmm. the past few years or whatever so when i was trying everything on i was like oh 
okay this is, <laughs> this is not how i imagined this but okay and then when i put it all together i was like yes <laughs> i am a bad bitch in this body in my old body in my future body mm-hmm. whatever that's about to yeah. be um so it's cool yeah i had a great time so shout out to everybody who saw my costume and appreciated it i'm gonna wear it again my hair is probably gonna be different like this hair really works for that uh-huh. right now so i don't know but it was fun i had a really good time gotcha gotcha do you have a libation yes i do have a libation so i want to give libations again to sam riddell i'm the executive producer and host of the inner hole uprising also a friend also a member of the bad bitch brigade mm-hmm. for inviting me to um the work at festival to be on her panel um who tells the story of our future um on that panel was me bridget todd of afro punk solution sessions janina jeff of the highly anticipated in the jeans podcast i want to hear that shit yeah i'm excited it needs to come out so yeah we talked about the lack of black people in science and tech podcasts and basically why those podcasts need some seasoning and shit like that Mm -hmm. um and it was really fun but the episode finally dropped so there is a podcast link and then there's also a youtube link if you want to watch us look cute or if you just want to listen there's options there and we will have those in the Show notes. All right. But yeah, libations. I like it. I'm going to so, watch it again. It mm-hmm. was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Do you want to tell the people about donations, why we ask for them, why we need them, yada, yada? Yes. So, donations. We ask for them so we can sustain this podcast, to sustain. progress this podcast, progress. and to keep the fucking lights on lights for this on. podcast. How you can donate to TV Queen and J? You can go to our website, tbqueenandj.com. On our homepage, you just scroll down a little something, and then there's where you will see two options. Two! Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is when you could come however many times you want and put however much you want in that pot. There's no commitment there. And then our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. Um, we're only asking for $2 a month, but $2. you can give more or less. That is up to you, but $2 a month is what we are asking for on our patreon other ways that you could donate to tea with queen and jay that are not monetary are by subscribing to us on apple pod spotify wherever you're listening to us subscribe make this permanent okay show us it's real also rating reviewing us on all of those apps um sharing this podcast with a friend those are ways that you can donate to tea with queen and jay yes we appreciate all that shit and all the money that we get from our donations goes back into building the podcast we do not collect a check we do not use it to buy hair yet this is a kwanzaa podcast right so y'all um donate and support us so that we can keep the podcast going and then we can use our own funds for weed and weave okay yeah i need to re-up on some weave Mm, likewise donation libations i have some donation libations okay yes we have a new patreon subscriber classic r&b lover is their handle so thank you so much we thank appreciate you, you and, and i your appreciate donation. you being a classic r&b lover because i don't know what's happening with r&b so i appreciate you and we got a paypal donation from the homie black lara croft and they say hey jay hey queen i've been saying this for the i've been saying for the longest well two years that when i'm finally able to i need that when i'm finally able to i need to donate thank you for your podcast lessons wisdom laughter and tears you got me through two summers as the only black person digging amongst whites 
Black Lower Croft is an archaeologist, so they'd be out there digging for like bones mm-hmm. and other stuff. Hence um, her name. Hence, yep, hence yeah. the name. And I honestly would have lost it if I had to listen to white men instead of y'all. Please accept my back Patreon support. LOL. Excited to see what you accomplished this year, and I'm excited for Pot and Live this year. Every year, to be honest, Black Lara Croft. Thank you. Thank you. We yes. appreciate you, y'all. Yes, Thank word. you so much. Um, so we have a few events coming up. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a whole Black Baddie Brigade weekend. Yes. Bad Bitch Brigade weekend. Um, so our podcast homies are doing a bunch of shit and we wanted to make sure we shouted that out. First, we have the homies of Inner Ho Uprising. They are throwing a welcome home party for their... Wait. It's going to be lit. Mm-hmm. For their... Um, Coho Rob, who was away on active duty for almost an entire year. Rob is back and they're throwing a sex positive dance party slash welcome home celebration on Saturday, January 26th from 7 to 10. It is free with RSVP. It's going to be at Star Bar in BK. We um, really enjoy that venue. Yeah, they're super do. dope mm-hmm. in there. So like you will feel like safe and good and yeah. chill. And if you're not, you can hit up like any one of us and um, we will take care of that shit. And by any one of us, I mean one of the Inner Hole Uprising folks. But you can hit one of us up, too. And we'll, like, make sure that it gets handled. But we'll put the RSVP link to that in the show notes. And then the next day, which is a Sunday, January 27th, um, Mix Vixen, that's myself, and the Carefree Black Girls will be hosting our vision board and attention setting workshop. I'm really fucking excited. I'm getting all the stuff together for it, and it's making me, like, hype. Um, It is at Cafe Con Libros, a bookstore in Brooklyn. Um, We'll have giveaways. We'll provide supplies for you to make your vision board and all of that good shit. There is only six spots left. While we're recording this, I don't know how many there'll be left while this post or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are six spots left so get on it do your thing if you want to come through and we are starting at 5 p.m sharp this is a workshop it's not a party it's not a turn up we will turn up but this is a workshop Mm -hmm. okay all right i'm looking forward to Mm -hmm. it it's gonna be dope lastly the homies bag ladies podcast are doing a live show at the green space oh my god we're taking over that's right on monday january 28th um the show starts at a white man's 7 p.m so if you need to tell yourself it starts at six that you can get there and be there on time for them to start that would be dope for anybody who doesn't know bag ladies podcast are two afro latinas from the bronx breaking down and unpacking your baggage and theirs you help them help you help them help you so check out their podcast go to bagladies.com yes we will leave the ticket link in our show Show notes notes. yes um so yeah let's get into the show let's get into the show so jay what kind of tea are you drinking i'm drinking lemon ginger tea it's delish what type of tea are you drinking i'm drinking the same tea look at us you know sometimes you gotta like give your system the right i like it flavors and that's the one my body wanted okay cool what are your pronouns she and her what are your pronouns my pronouns are she her they them and what are you affirming for yourself i'm affirming as always that i am a bad bitch that i am enough and that i'll be self self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma i also affirm that i'll have more of the sex i love to have yes 
and will find a sex partner who is into the same things I am Ooh. into sexually because I'm into some things. And I, you know, I'm not monogamous. Okay. And I'm not into, uh, if I have a partner and they're not into all the things I'm into, I'm not into making people do the things right. that I'm into. If mm-hmm. they're not comfortable, they're not comfortable. You know, so just find another person. Who could okay. do the thing? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm. She's shimmying with the shoulders. Ew. All right, shoulders shimmy. Can't stop, won't stop. Oh my, bad okay. girl for life. I support this libation. Yeah. All right, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What are you affirming for yourself, Jay? I affirm, as always, that I am not a lady. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm rich. I affirm that I already said that I was rich, but I affirm more richness <laughs> and more uh financial abundance i'm about to say say abundance yeah <laughs> abundance i affirm financial comfort i affirm all my bills paid and and i want to piggyback mm-hmm. we affirm yes that we will have reached this financial abundance trying our best mm-hmm. not to oppress <laughs> right. and fall into like kind of white mm-hmm. supremacist patriarchal capitalism that's right ways. we want to keep it as kwanzaa as possible kwanzaa principles yes all right dope i like that mm-hmm. yeah so those are my affirmations for this week okay all right. All right. so yes this past week uh i don't know how many of you all watched the tv show blackish i watch it okay dope Blackish features a blackish um, family. A blackish family. <laughs> you know, blackish stands for um, like black shit and not blackish. Like not, oh, I thought it not was, black, uh, like kind of black. It's uh, supposed to be like black shit. Oh, I took it in as black shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Oh, you took it in as black shit immediately. Mm-hmm. Initially, yeah. I, I don't think I, I didn't process it as like a little bit black. I didn't. I don't think I thought about it really at all that much. You know, so anyway, they did an episode on colorism and in the previews, the focus of the episode seemed to be around Diane, who is the youngest daughter, being the darkest sibling, being the darkest person in the family. On On the cast. On the, ca- on the on, cast and on the cast, on the cast. as well. <laughs> and uh, no, there's Charlie. Yeah, so, well, Charlie is is the co-worker. He's in the, he's actually, he's on the cast. Yeah, yeah, but he's in every episode. Talk about in context of this family. Okay, and they're about the same complexion. Okay, yeah, and so they did a whole episode on colorism. Oh, the I think what what sparks it in the episode is Diane takes a class, class photo picture. and she's not lit properly in the photo. So like for people who don't know, when you take photos, lighting is different. Different different complexion folks require different the types of lighting. lighting. And so they didn't accommodate her complexion in the photo. So in the class photo, everyone is visible. Jack is visible. Yeah, All the white kids are visible. visible Jack is her, for visible. anyone who doesn't watch it, Jack is her twin sibling. Yeah. Um, who's a little bit lighter than she is. And she's in the corner, not well lit, and you can't see her. Yeah. So I thought that was, I liked that they used that mm-hmm. as an example, as a light-skinned person with mostly dark-skinned friends, that's something that, I mean, cameras have gotten better. Like, now, that's not a problem, I think, mm-hmm. that we have as much now. Yeah. But back in the day, when you take a picture with your friends, that was, like, a thing. Like, yeah. okay, how do we make sure that we're all properly lit? Or I'll see a photo on... Um, one time I was at an event with my friends, 
and it was somebody's it was somebody's party one of our homegirls is super dark and the way that my friend filtered the photo is like she didn't look at all of us yeah there's there's no way that you could see my our darker skin friend in that photo and think it was okay to post i saw the picture yeah yeah. it still bothers Mm -hmm. me and Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't i didn't feel like i could approach my friend who posted the photo or i I, actually i asked you about it yeah because i was like as a light-skinned person person, and this is my other this is my other friend who also happens to be light-skinned i don't have a whole lot of light-skinned friends Mm -hmm. but I'm like, do I say something about this? Am I the one who's supposed to say, hey, girl, I saw you posted this pic. This is not like, OK. Yeah. Um, and your suggestion was that. What What did you say? I don't you, remember. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> you suggested that if the person uh, who is poorly lit in the photo has a problem with it, then they should say something about it. Mm-hmm. Typically, I feel like as light-skinned folks, we're supposed to like pull each other's coattails with yeah. that. Mm. But um, I just took your suggestion. Yeah, I've, the reason I suggested that too is because you do a lot of the work within your friend groups. That's that's true. And I was like, um, this would just be another this would just be like more, yeah. more work. Yeah, it would be more that. work, and it would just it would also be more. Oh, Janice is doing something again. Yeah, She's exactly. saying something again, yeah. which I don't always mind. But yeah, it just felt it just felt weird. And I've had light skin discussions with this person before. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I didn't want them to feel like I was beating up on them. And also this was like like a special kind of party for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to be a whole thing. But it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't share I, yeah. the photo. Like I can't put that, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere or whatever. So it just yeah so it reminded me of that this episode of blackish reminded me of that and it reminded me of in this episode they all acknowledge okay diane is poorly lit but it reminded me of how so many of us black folks black folks included Mm -hmm. are not aware of the shit that one another deals with when it comes to colorism Mm -hmm. you know so yeah the commercial for this looked interesting. I thought it was important for us oh, both to watch it. Yeah, it was it was like all over social media and shit like that. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go watch it. What did you think about the episode? So I didn't. I never even knew that they were doing a colorism episode. Mm-hmm. And I do watch Blackish, but I don't. If I miss it for a week, I'm okay. I'll mm-hmm. catch up on it later. It's not yeah. like something. And you hit me up and was like, you should watch it. So I'm like, oh. Okay. Mm. Since I didn't really hear. No, wait. Time out. I have to say a disclaimer because I know that you like to feel like somebody is pressuring you to watch something. I asked you if you watched it. Okay. And then I said I want to talk about it on the show. So if you have time, can you watch? Okay, it? I didn't express pressure. So. Okay, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> as your friend that that's not what I said. Um. So I watched it. And I hated that whole episode. The whole thing you hated? I hated, yeah. Okay. I hated the whole episode. Okay. It was. It For was people, poorly done. Uh-huh. I feel like light skinned people wrote it. But yeah, it was. It was. If you're not gonna do it right, don't do it because mm-hmm. colorism is so honestly that like, colorism is so easy to get wrong because it's overlooked so much. Okay. Especially when it comes to. I think entertainment spaces because mm-hmm. usually people are lighter or people are you know whatever yeah i hated the whole episode trash <laughs> throw that shit in trash do you feel do you feel like no you did just say this but i'm gonna pose the question again do you feel like 
So they shouldn't have bothered at all. If they were not going to do it right. Yeah. It was, it was trash, especially mm-hmm. a lot of what Blackish does. So Blackish is very much a black show, but they know black white people are watching. Mm-hmm. They are kind of using this show as a teaching tool or like right. a space for white people to look into our lives. Mm-hmm. Do that shit correct. Like, yeah. I don't care about white gays, but... White gays, G-A-Z. Yeah, but like, that shit was bad. Okay. It was a bad episode. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. It was shitty. <laughs> so for people who um, are new to us and like have never seen what we look like, I'm light-skinned and mm-hmm. you describe yourself as? It depends. I'm I'm brown-skinned, but in the summer, I'm dark-skinned. Okay. So it's, for the context of this conversation, I'm a light-skinned person, you're a dark-skinned person, yeah, mm-hmm. or brown-skinned. I I say brown sin because if you look at my family, there mm-hmm. are people darkening me. Right. So I'm I'm used there's to saying a, I'm and, brown. And there's a, there's a range. You yeah. are you are brown. You are brown. But when it depends, and there's other spaces where I'm like dark skin. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. dark brown skin. Right. I don't know. Right. The fuck. But the point of this yeah. is I'm, the point of this is I'm just identifying us so that if you've never seen us and yeah. you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on or whatever, you understand the context from which um, we're coming from. Yeah. I thought the episode was problematic, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was important that the subject was broached. I felt like there were things in it that weren't bad, but that if they put that in there, then you have to put this other thing and then they didn't put the other thing in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I thought I didn't feel... Like, I didn't feel like it shouldn't have been done, but it did feel a little bit harmful. And I think and, and now that we are talking about it. So it was horrible. Yeah. How do you not? Okay. So if you haven't seen the episode, mm-hmm. it starts like what you said with the picture. Mm-hmm. Then it turns into this whole like light skin thing mm-hmm. where the light skin people were doing their light skin shit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but this was about dark-skinned diane which she does way later in the episode though mm-hmm. like like to the tail end of the episode well to the tail end of the episode like, they address more dark skin stuff again. right but they do diane does cut at some point and say to her family or to her dad she's like okay well when did you become dark-skinned like yeah. i'm the darkest that person that was the in only the time when i was like fine and fucking right, me because it right. was like these these light-skinned joke stuff and they were talking to people who were like caramel blacks. Yeah. And I was just like, what the f- fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, what? It was, it just it was weird. Anything. It was because, weird. Because, it was stupid. Yeah. It was like, you're not. Like, it was just disgusting. And like, Anthony Anderson, I I think in some circles, is a light skinned person. Yes. That's why so I was just like. It was like, weird. It was like, Anthony y'all are trying Anderson to force and, this. Um, what you call it? Um, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like the caramel kind of yeah. black people. And they're doing this back and forth, like dark skin, light skin thing. And I'm like, y'all. It was like they had to make it fit. And then as I was it watching, was I'm like, like do y'all this? now, do you regret maybe not casting this family yeah, a little I was bit just more? Like, that's what yeah. my, that was my thing. Like, hi, that's what y'all get. Right. Um, so, so they're having this back and forth about light skin privilege and this and this and that and it's these caramel blacks who could mm-hmm. be light skin depending who also on also benefit de- from light skin yeah, privilege so and, just, and that's why they've I'm been casted like, on this and show and that's why they yeah that's why you're actors that's why you're yeah. able to do these things like come yeah. on let's be for real and then towards the tail end of the episode is when Diane is like but you're not dark mm-hmm. like towards the end of that shit well towards the end of that scene and that conversation yeah but that's close to the end of the episode when this episode started with bad lighting on this dark skin person mm-hmm. the you spend a huge chunk of time talking about light skin feelings mm-hmm. and then 
towards the end, Diane says whatever she says about like, you're not dark. And then Rainbow has this like fucking light skin kind of meltdown. Mm -hmm. And I think that another thing that they need to bring in is that yes, she's light skin, but she's also biracial. Mm -hmm. Like there's a different... There's a, There's a different thing there than right. when you're like a multicultural black person who is light skinned. Mm-hmm. That's something different. That's something. And she's casted as a she is biracial in the show. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that you that this right. is different. And then it's not addressed in this episode. At all. Right. They say it all the fucking time, but yeah. this is the one episode where you don't address yeah. the fact that she's a biracial mm-hmm. light skinned person. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference there. There's a difference there because when you talk about I feel like for Uh, Me as a light-skinned person who is not biracial and I don't necessarily consider myself multiracial, Mm -hmm. even though um, like both of my dad's parents are biracial and multiracial Mm -hmm. people. My experience with people perhaps challenging my blackness, I feel, is different different. than the experience of somebody who has a whole entire white parent. Exactly. You know, so I don't have, I I think a lot of the feelings that um, biracial folks who have who are my same complexion Mm -hmm. or maybe even like darker. Yeah are not they're not the same as the feelings that i have when people try and challenge me for being black because i don't have a white parent exactly you know and this is the they talk about her being biracial all the time talk about yeah. her white dad all the time and this is the one episode you just completely forget yeah this woman is fucking biracial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the colorism episode right who wrote this shit yeah so i did i thought that that was very weird and also what made me uncomfortable because i thought I thought that her light skin meltdown had a place in the episode because light skin meltdowns happen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that they did address the dynamic that her mother-in-law is is taunting her and is in the house with her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a dynamic there that is... I feel like deeper than somebody random just teasing her about being light skinned yeah. or even like a casual homegirl or whatever. And I feel like I would have appreciated that breakdown more if we didn't have that whole light skin back and forth dumb shit mm-hmm. in a scene before right like i could have been a little more sympathetic to her breakdown mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. having that space if we didn't start the episode with you doing that yeah shit and having that's that space. what it seemed like the episode was about honestly and that made me super uncomfortable and they never i feel like they do they did this I feel like they highlighted the, and it may be because that maybe they feel like this is a more nuanced conversation because when we talk about colorism, it is often, oftentimes only talked about the things that dark skin folks experience mm-hmm. as if light skin folks don't experience colorism yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were trying to do that shit, but I think they missed the mark for me because they didn't acknowledge they said, yes, light skin privilege does exist. And then that was it. Like they yeah. just moved on as if, they didn't explore the dynamics of oh, light skin privilege, privilege or how um, how you can acknowledge your privilege and fully understand what that shit means. And still, I feel like there are different types of like, I know when somebody is saying something about my light skinnedness that is a critique on colorism mm-hmm. that is uh perhaps actually just a funny joke yeah you know what i'm saying uh-huh. or something that's like actually like hateful yeah or somebody who's like oh you're you're just poking at me for like for fuck's sake mm-hmm. because you think it's okay because i'm light-skinned yeah you know what i'm saying and what i don't what i don't accept are people who are close to me who are just okay you're fucking with me for fuck's sake because i'm light-skinned what i do accept is actual funny ass jokes okay Mm -hmm. what i do accept is critiques 
about mm-hmm. colorism yeah. commentary i'm totally comfortable having that conversation i'm totally comfortable saying something and somebody being like you don't get it you're light-skinned yada i'm totally cool with mm-hmm. all that but what i don't accept is people where the, the end of the joke is ha ha light skin you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. unless there's some sort of again cultural critique or something yeah. happening there or there are times when i have experienced that experience where like i know that somebody doesn't really fuck with me mm-hmm. and it's not because i did something to them as a light-skinned person but it's because i am existing and they haven't reconciled whatever their issues are with colorism kind yeah. of kind of in the way that rainbow's mother-in-law the grandmother i forget what her actual name is kind of in the way that she expressed that yeah but it's because too. it's because it put the whole, it put all the blame on the dark skin yes. folks it was and like it, i've been traumatized so now i'm traumatizing you and that's it it doesn't explore it. the traumatization and they, yes. don't, and they don't go into because like when they did you know how they do the little animations and they explain yeah. shit so they talk about the, the dark skin slaves in the field mm-hmm. and the white the lighter um black people in the house all of that stuff and it was just like and then they're at war and then that yeah. was that's it. It, it didn't even talk about how like how light skin, not light skin privilege, how mm-hmm. colorism is still something institutionalized and still prevalent today. Like they made it as if it was something that happened back then and we're yeah. amongst ourselves still feeding right. that and fighting about right. it and keeping that going. Not that there's some institutionalized shit that's still happening right now, present mm-hmm. day, that feeds into the shit and keeps mm-hmm. the shit continuing. Mm-hmm. So that was hugely irresponsible to me. Then when you fast forward to like what you said when um, Rainbow's mother-in-law Jennifer Lewis's character tells her story and her experience of being the darkest one in her family and how she was treated and this and this and that mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It put all the responsibility of colorism and resolving mm-hmm. colorism on the character who's supposed to be the dark-skinned character. She's not dark-skinned, mm-hmm. but she's supposed to be the dark-skinned character. And then if she is in this family the dark-skinned person, she fits the stereotypes of what a dark-skinned woman acts like, is loud, boisterous, mm-hmm. like all of these things. And you put all that responsibility on her. Like she's being a monster. Like she's the monster. Yeah. She's the black bitch monster. She's right. the one, the reason why this um, cycle of colorism is perpetuated because these black bitches just hate all the light-skinned bitches mm-hmm. and run around terrorizing light-skinned bitches. Mm-hmm. And until these black bitches figure that shit out and resolve that shit, we're going to just be doing this shit over and over and over again. That's what I got from that episode. That episode yeah. was shitty. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. and get some dark skinned people besides Diane on the fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if yeah. you don't have a cast that is like a rainbow mm-hmm. of blackness, don't do the colorism episode. Don't do that shit because you can't do it right. That's what, and, I, and it's like I know that's why they probably that's that whole light skin shit in the beginning because mm-hmm. everybody's fucking like, what the fuck can you do? There's not enough dark skinned people yeah. for you to like. Mm-hmm. even like address I felt like colorism in that way in the show they talk about how black folks don't want to talk about colorism like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to talk about it and it's just like mm-hmm. you know and I felt like they also kind of didn't want to talk about it like in the episode I felt like it was like we don't want to fully touch it they didn't it. have the tools yeah they didn't have the tools mm-hmm. cause like who the fuck wrote that episode that shit was shitty mm-hmm. that was the worst blackish episode i ever saw i never watched the episode and was like what the fuck it felt like it it co-signed a lot of what we see with like problematic light-skinned folks in media who when um 
people talk to them about light skin privilege is well i work for everything i had and did it i've seen whole entire ig stories yeah i think um people call them uh gems dropped or wisdom <laughs> um no gems drop you drop fucking rocks right <laughs> on about well i work i know i'm light-skinned but i work for everything i had and that's that's the same thing that and when white people see me da 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 and that's the same thing that rainbow kind of said yeah um when in reality we know that yes you work just as hard as everybody else you work harder than white folks we know that we know that you're black we know that white folks see you as black they also see you as light-skinned and you have to think about yourself as a light-skinned person and if you were dark-skinned okay think about all the aspects of your privilege if you were dark-skinned or if your hair was kinkier or if you were disabled or if you were shorter or if you were fat or if you were whatever right this world could be different for you. You Not, are allowed in spaces. It would be. It would be. It would be. You are allowed in spaces. You are invited to things. You are chosen when auditions come up and yeah. shit like that. Mm-hmm. You are picked with preference over dark skinned folks. Yes. Okay. That is typically the situation. You cannot say that racism exists in the world and that colorism does, does not, not exist. exist. So you cannot say when people challenge you in some way, or when people talk about your light skin privilege, you cannot say, no, well, I work to get here. It's very white. It's a very white thing it to do. And white. it's not okay. And nobody wants to hear it and nobody likes it. And we see y'all doing it. Okay. We see you doing it. We see it. We can see smell it. it. It's gross and it's corny. Um, and that's that's what I felt. I felt like they were affirming that position mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Because they're, yes, the I think that they're, I think that they highlighted things on the light-skinned side of things, like about masculinity, what, what Junior was talking about, yeah. um, about jokes about like black masculinity when it comes to light-skinned, light-skinned black men. Yeah. I thought all of those things were valid, but it was so much time spent on the light-skinned stuff. So much. And no, the only thing said about light-skinned privilege is, yes, you think I don't know I'm light-skinned or yes, I have privilege. What does that mean, What though? does that mean? What does that mean? Where's your fucking animation talking about the privileges yes. or the whatever that yes. light-skinned people have yes. even within Present their blackness day. even yes. within their blackness mm-hmm. like the, you, you're less convicted of crimes your crime sentences are shorter you mm-hmm. have more wealth like say these things right. don't just do the fucking animation of like slaves and slave people in the field and mm-hmm. enslaved people in the house and have them like fighting each other like right. this is some shit that we keep going without mm-hmm. some outside institution called white supremacy that yeah. keeps that shit going like fucking i hate when people have conversations about colorism and they don't point out white people this is their shit right. this is their shit they mm-hmm. created that shit and they keep it going but no we always have to like look at us and say that it's our fault no it's not like do do we are we entangled in it of course we are but like stop being irresponsible and not pointing at fucking white people even say it or fucking don't right that's the shit that gets on my nerves. Like I'm thinking of that fucking remember years ago when Oprah did that light skin yep. documentary. Yeah, we talked and about it around the you time. You can't it have you cannot talk about white supremacy and not talk. I mean, you cannot talk about colorism and not talk about white supremacy and mm-hmm. how it is still a huge part of why colorism exists. This is not something that's happening in a vacuum and that people that black people across this world mm-hmm. are keeping going independent of white people and the eurification of this world like right. fuck out of here with that shit it's irresponsible mm-hmm. i hated that episode mm-hmm. it's trash throw it away when you go into rewinds don't show that shit again 
On to better things. No. Oh, no. you have more to say? Yeah, we're not done. Oh. So, um, also, oh, yes, yeah, yes. something else about uh, this conversation is I think some of the language that was used. We've talked about we've talked about this on the podcast <gasps> before, but it's such a common thing that we'll probably revisit this. Um, you know, at least once at a least year. At least once a year. Yeah, at least once a year needs to be discussed. So the term fair is a um, common term that's used for lighter skinned folks. Mm-hmm. I think I think white people use this as well to describe other white people. Yeah, they I do. Think. Like when they describe like the paler ones. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. But that's how they describe Cinderella. Yeah, Snow White. One Snow of, one White. Of them, one Snow of them White. Yeah, well, she was fair. Mm-hmm. Her skin was white as the driven sh- driven snow. Yeah, um, because she was pure and all this shit or whatever. I remember I had one of them golden books, you know, with the the gold yes, trimming yes, on the side. Yes, and it was Snow White, and we were at my grandmother's house, and they were reading it. They were critiquing it. They were reading it to one another and giving each other the side eye. I was too young to... I understood what was happening, mm-hmm. um, but I was too young to participate. I was just kind of observing like, oh, this is white supremacy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. I All see of those it. fairy tale books, we had the African version. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever retelling mm-hmm. we had those i never had yeah. we have someone snuck a cinderella book in the house but we colored all of the people black i don't know we didn't des- decide we were doing uh-huh. that but at some point all of the people were black like, jasmine colored everybody's face in all the books well, just everything <laughs> i don't know if she chose brown or if she just wanted to destroy things or what but nothing was uh kept white as the driven snow <laughs> nothing was pure she wrote on everything um do the good work jasmine yeah so the term fair, which is also which also doubles as a term for beauty, yeah. and it's it's held the the term the word holds esteem mm-hmm. to it, yeah. and I really want people to stop using that term to describe lighter skin folks. People. It's connected. Yes. The, 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 those definitions are connected, like that that multi use, multi purpose mm-hmm. shit. So oftentimes when people are saying fair or light skin, they're also tying in the white supremacy that assumes that lighter skin folks are more beautiful, yeah. more attractive, um, more esteemed or worthy right. of more and all right. those kind of things. And I think it's dangerous. I think the way no. we use it is dangerous. It is. Words mean things. It is. Yeah. And um, cut that shit out. Yo, just say light skin. Stop saying just that Just say shit. light skin. And it's uncomfortable, especially in this space where we are dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. It's uncomfortable when we listen to other people who claim to be attempting to dismantle white supremacy using it's the term fair. fair. It's whack. And it's, it's, it, it's so ingrained in people's language that they don't realize when they're doing it. I remember right. it was this one woman. I don't know her, but she was um, talking about colorism. One of those twitter popular people mm-hmm. talking about colorism and her experience with it and she kept saying fair and mm-hmm. i was like hey sis um you know you shouldn't use the word fair because mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 and she got it she's like shit i didn't even realize blah 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 blah, blah. but like we have to like unlearn using that word right don't use that word like when they said when she said fair in that episode i kind of like Ugh. yeah that's when i texted him was like i don't like this <laughs> <laughs> you're like why am i watching this because watching this? we do a podcast oh okay mm-hmm. all right because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is shit yeah so the description so just like for definition's sake uh the term fair spelled f-a-i-r uh in accordance with rules or standards legitimate um legitimate yeah you're my believable yeah Mm -hmm. in um terms of hair or complexion light or blonde Mm 
um, as an adverb without cheating or trying to achieve unjust advantage. Again, mm -hmm. right and correct. Yeah. In dialect to a high degree, she'll be fair. Delighted to see you. Okay, that sounds old school. As, talk like that? as a noun, this is archaic, it says, but as a noun, a beautiful woman mm. is seen as fair. And mm -hmm. again, as a verb in dialect of the weather or something like to become fine. It looks like it's looks like it's faring off some. So good positive honest truthful yeah. legitimate just all words that are not used when you're describing a darker skinned person right that is right you don't use words like that when you're describing people who are dark mm -hmm. ever yeah yeah so get off that shit yeah let's all try to stop using that it's old it's tired and it doesn't make sense it's archaic it's archaic <laughs> let's think about let's think about the words that we're using it's okay to just say lighter yeah lighter Light skin. Light skin. You know, uh, as a cool call, Sam from uh, Inner Hall Uprising, this yellow one. No, I say don't yellow. Say that. But I only say yellow <laughs> if we've reached the point if where that person. I'm not cool going to just randomly say someone's right. yellow. Like mm -hmm. I had a friend in high school, I'll call yellow. I'll call you yellow. Mm -hmm. But we've mm -hmm. reached the degree of comfort where, we're cool. where I'm not right. insulting someone. Right, 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 right. right. But I'm, yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. say red bone. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The thing. The thing, somebody mentioned that red bone. I don't know. I prefer red bone to fair, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't fully get the implications of red bone. Because I figure sunburn and shit. Like, we see your redness more so than you. Oh, person, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's I haven't heard that a lot. Did they say that in New York? No, only West Indian. I'm say really, red bone only heard west indians or people i've from the never south say red i've bone. heard browning but i've never heard no um, i've heard browning yeah you're right i've never heard, I red heard people bone. from the south say red yeah. bone but no people don't say that in new york you're right yeah people don't really say, the few times i've heard it it hasn't bothered me as long as it's not being used and not see this is the thing when they say red bone a lot of them be like red bone and it's like it has this like mm, it makes i don't know i feel like it. it's like, connected to redneck but i don't know how mm -hmm. but i feel like it is because that's another southern term yeah interesting it to me it sounds more exoticizing mm -hmm. you know so maybe it is bad you're right don't say that <laughs> never mind don't say that y'all all right cool mm -hmm. i enjoyed this discussion yes. i'm sorry that this show happened to you and um violence. that it happened to all of us when you said it too i was like this ain't gonna be good for my brown ass <laughs> go for a dark skin person <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't all right you want to take a break yeah, let's take a break. Cool. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! Do you know what this year is? Um, Giving black this women year. your money. Yes. So, Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvsqueenandj.com hit that donate tab mm -hmm. and we have two options there so two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm -hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. 
That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black! All the time. All right. All the shades of black. All of the colors. That's right, yo. Mm-hmm. All of them. So... Yes. What else are we watching? We have been watching a lot of Netflix. Yes. And we watched um, Tidying Up. Yes. On Netflix featuring the uh, organizer Marie Kondo. Or is it is it Mari? I've been saying Marie. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I think I heard them say Mari, but I think she uses it or allows it to be used interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marie Kondo, she also wrote a book. Okay. We don't know what her book is called, but mm-hmm. the book led to the TV show yes. and the, the Netflix show is called Tidying Up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a lot of discussion about it. It has been. So I found the show because someone at work was talking about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds like me. I like to organize. Mm-hmm. I am into finding systems of organization and shit like that. I like stuff like that. I nerd kind of on that stuff. So I'm like, let me start watching it. So I started watching it and um, I enjoy the show. I like some of the systems she created. Not all of them work for me, but I took the ones that work for me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to figure out how it could like be a queen kind of thing. I do like the idea of only, she has a system where it's like when she's talking about, I guess, getting rid of things that only get rid of things and it's mostly with clothing i notice mm-hmm. to get rid of things that don't give you joy anymore which i kind of do with clothing anyway like every season i'll try on my clothes and if i'm not like mm, if i don't feel like mm-hmm. eh, 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 that's what joy sounds like to me <laughs> <laughs> i typically do donate it or give it away right. and stuff like that so a lot of the stuff was i guess because there's a lot of the stuff is things that i kind of already do mm-hmm. i was like with it i also really love the way that she um what does she say when she talks to the house? Oh, that she wants to thank the house. Thanks the house. Yeah. I thought that I really liked that because mm-hmm. I come from a family that's very like, um, and I think this is a black thing anyway, mm-hmm. where we like thank all the things we use. So like you say grace before um, eating food and you, um, I had a lot of that in my upbringing where it was like you show your gratefulness for things. Right. You thank a lot for giving you this and mm-hmm. da, 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 like stuff. So I've connected with that too because mm-hmm. I did a lot of that in my upbringing. Right. So I liked seeing that. But I really liked the show. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect a lot of the stuff that was coming out from people. A lot of other people's responses yeah. to it. There was like a lot of like... Okay, you, I understand disliking the show and something not being for you. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this podcast, if you know Queen, you know I hate everything. I don't like a lot of things. But it was weird to see how much or how deep people didn't like mm-hmm. this show or like the things she was saying. And that it made me uncomfortable at first. I didn't know why. So I didn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. But I remember texting you and I was like, I don't understand. Like, I don't. This is... I didn't really get it. Right. Um, why it was making me so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that people were like so like yeah. repulsed. So people were saying, um, people were saying that the show is classist mm-hmm. 
And then there was another conversation about the throwing out of books yeah. that people took really personally. That I never heard on the show. And then I have a post on my Facebook, like, asking about this. And someone on the post read the book. And it was like, that's not even in the book. Yeah. So basically what people were saying is that she said um, to throw out books or that you don't need books. Like, no one you, should you have books in house. You don't need more than 30 books. Right. 30, the number, not mm-hmm. dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know I say it the same. So I had to just let you guys know. You don't need to have more than 30. Three mm-hmm. Okay. books mm-hmm. um in the house and there was a meme made i know it was a meme made by a white person mm-hmm. the meme was on twitter the first time i saw it and the person put the meme and it was like this woman is a monster mm-hmm. so that's when i first was like why is this i can't be a white woman calling this i believe she's japanese mm-hmm calling her a monster like right. like no <laughs> this is what you're not going yeah, to especially because and, and a lot of white people don't understand the dynamics of this but white folks routinely see other people in other cultures as monster monsters foreign alien monster yes you know so just to like what what might be like a casual reference between white folks if y'all call each other monster is very, very. different when a racial element is added yes. so very different which is something that white folks don't like to be aware of because they th- like to think they don't see color unless mm-hmm. they're like just wildly no, they racist they actually don't that's why right. they just called her a monster and right. it's supposed to mean nothing mm-hmm. yeah no but they see her yeah mm-hmm. that's why they called her yeah. a monster because mm-hmm. they see what she yeah. looks like they see where she's from but um yeah nah you can't be doing that that's whack but also so so basically her motto with clothes and everything is like touch it and if it doesn't give you joy anymore then you know you don't need it Mm -hmm. and throughout the series there have been times where people like wanted to hold on to stuff and she's like okay Okay, well this is important to you keep Keep it it. this is not like to stress you out or to make you feel like you have to the point of this is not to throw all your stuff away yeah the point is to get reacquainted with your stuff and see how it makes you feel Mm -hmm. remember that you have that shit and find a better place to put it or whatever you know see how it can best bring your life joy or like people she would go through people's garages and be like oh this you have all this stuff in this box that you really love where can we display this like in your house so that it brings you joy yeah so Especially in the country, the U.S., where we have mad shows about home improvement. We have shows about love it or leave it. We have shows throwing stuff in the people throw all this stuff. I've seen white people tell other people, nope, you got to throw it away. Nope, gotta it's got to go. If yeah. you can't fit in this basket, it's got to go. Yep. Like we've seen that happen all the time. And she has this comprehensive approach um that's not oh throw all your shit away it's just okay these are this is how we're going through your things mm-hmm. and you can decide what you want to keep yeah. and what you want to get rid of and of course and that's they challenging decide. but like yes. she doesn't yes dictate mm-hmm. what you keep right. what you don't keep she doesn't do mm-hmm. that at all mm-hmm. she, she like leads you to do that shit yourself she doesn't even stay in her house and look over you while you do it yeah. she says whatever she gives an example of how to do it mm-hmm. she leaves yeah yeah. <laughs> and then she comes back and you, you say what you've done and yeah. she's like she's usually like okay, okay this is great yeah let's work on this or oh i saw you did this maybe consider this that or whatever mm-hmm. something else that's different about the show um so again i think she is japanese yes but she speaks her first language yeah. so there'll be segments first of all she, she travels with a translator who mm-hmm. also assists in like this whole process yeah. um so she speaks english on occasion but mm-hmm. she's more comfortable speaking japanese so yeah. um she travels with a translator 
she they have these intermissions just like on any other makeover show, show or like how they do on queer eye they'll do a cutaway to like one of the queer eyes saying hey this is how you organize your closet so she'll give little tips and advice and she'll do all of those in japanese, japanese. and they'll be transcribed there um transcriptions in english or what is that what the, subtitles they'll be english yeah. subtitles closed caption right <laughs> um what else is quote unquote not white about her she's not white she's not white she is confident in the work that she's doing mm-hmm. she's a woman she has a family something in the in the um we all have a family but she has um like a husband and children you know what else is not white about her i mean because you yeah. off. she's gentle <laughs> right she's gentle she's gentle her she's quiet yeah Mm -hmm. like she's very like um let you be you Mm -hmm. she still lets you exist however you want to exist that's not whiteness whiteness don't do that Mm -hmm. it don't let you exist the way you want to exist and she she still very much does that Mm -hmm. in these other people's homes Mm -hmm. in these other like this is your home she's very respectful of people's space of other people's space that's not some white shit it's not um <laughs> the spiritual elements of like okay thanking the home mm-hmm. like this is where you live sometimes she'll go into a space and be like you know you don't have to do this with me this is just something i have, I have to, to do. do it makes me feel comfortable mm-hmm. um and thank the home and feel com- like i'm happy to be invited here and that kind of stuff yeah. she one time she um suggested that uh the homeowners participate since it was a new home yeah it's like, oh this might be you know something that you want to join in on so she does that mm-hmm. but she is not a white person which i think is relevant to the um discussion mm-hmm. about this yeah because i think a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that this is not a white person doing this kind of show yeah and how dare she come here with these ideas yeah. she's not a white person and she's also not american mm-hmm. which i think is another thing because mm-hmm. i think that we would take i think people would take this gentle kind of advice from a um maybe a japanese american okay or maybe even a white person using whatever tool she has mm-hmm. but because she's still like we're saying that she's not white but she's still very japanese Mm -hmm. which i think is like she's not she's not yeah to your point she is not a uh white adjacent japanese person person, yes as many um as many asian americans in the u.s are considered to be white adjacent exactly model minority yes um Mm -hmm. those if you if english is your first language language and you sound like preferably a white person then it's cool if you dress like an everyday white person then it's cool cool. so she is not that she is still quote-unquote foreign yeah you know and that makes that makes people uncomfortable seeing a foreign person in the u.s finding success with people listening to them with people drawn to their work who is also a woman who's also femme who's also tiny who's also exhibits confidence but also joy um but also gentleness Mm -hmm. and doing all these things in the way that white folks don't do these things you know what i'm saying in in the way exhibiting confidence in the way that white folks don't exhibit confidence exactly she's not here to take up space she's not doing any of that stuff but she's still highly confident in this space mm-hmm. and they can't deal with that right. shit the fucking internet exploded mm-hmm. so i saw a lot of that and then i thought about all of those remember back in the day where they used to have like those nanny shows where those british nannies would come in and mm-hmm. teach white people how to take care of their kids mm-hmm. and those people were fucking you've got to set the ground rules for your child <laughs> they were yeah. rude Sorry, they were loud they were disruptive yeah. they were like 
But it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was because okay. they were British. Because yep, yep, they were British yep. foreigners. And they mm-hmm. had these accents. So they could come in and tell you American white motherfuckers what to do yep. and how to live and all of this shit. And America still has a hard-on for um, British accents, yeah. which they find to be elite and colonial, which mm-hmm. they love. Yeah. yeah. So it made me think of that. And then another conversation that came out, which for a lot of it was valid in terms of the production of the show, Okay, um, was the classism. So like... No, they weren't in anyone's houses who appeared to be like low income kind mm-hmm. of spaces and stuff like that, um, which I don't connect to her. I connect that to like the production okay. team, the mm-hmm. system of television. Right. Um, right. So there was that. But then there was another conversation about kind of how poor people or low income people don't have stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. Right. Like right. a lot, most of my life has been low income. I'm still low income now. Yeah. I have shit. So there- people were implying that. So her method is to see, you know, if you if what your if this item brings you joy, and if it doesn't, then get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are making the argument that you're making that you know poor folks don't have stuff, it's like okay, well I'm poor, so I can't look at something and say, oh well, does this bring me joy or not, and get rid of it because I'm poor and I don't have stuff and yeah, I probably need, need it. it. Yeah, and there's I definitely had stuff in my house growing up that we did not need to have in our house, mm-hmm. but because of poverty or whatever you just kept all of this shit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because i don't know (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but to like as one assume that people who are of low income don't have things Mm -hmm. is classist you're being classist and just saying that and then to assume that because they're low income and they may have things that everything they have they have to keep because who knows if they can get things Mm -hmm. that's Mm classist you might need to trade that old book for a cheeseburger you know, you know, know. I, yeah. like stuff like that or mm-hmm. like um that was sarcasm yeah i was like that was stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that's what people are thinking like you oh, poor people have stuff yes poor people have stuff and not every single item that they have in their homes is yes. like something that's irreplaceable and needs to be held on to yeah or, you know or and it's or like to think that maybe low-income people don't have common sense mm-hmm. to know that if they need something, don't throw it away. Right. Like, you thought they were just like, this will give me joy and threw everything away mm-hmm. and was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. No, these people, mm-hmm. like, do you think low-income people are stupid? And again, They don't have common sense? Right. They don't understand nuance? Like, mm-hmm. And that's also not even really what um, her method no, is. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. So it was just, just really, really strange to just see people, like, get really racist, really xenophobic, mm-hmm. and, like, really hateful about something that a lot of times they didn't even tap into mm-hmm. like did you watch the whole season did mm-hmm. you you know like i i hate things all the time and if you follow me on social media media i would tell you like this is you dumb. especially hate things that other people like yes mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm. i do because cult culture that's how i digest it like freaks me the mm-hmm. fuck out like i grew up in the nation of islam and this is a scary place mm-hmm. so i don't like <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, that stuff freaks me out or whatever and it was just just weird to just see pe- people's adverse um i won't say everyone hated it but they they had to denounce mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. this thing this platform right. to denounce this thing there was a lot of shitty articles circling around about like kind of the classism mm-hmm. and ways that were being classes assuming that people of low income don't have things assuming that people of low income um don't have things that can be thrown away mm-hmm. assuming that people of low income are too dumb to fucking know what they need versus what gives right. them joy like it's just it was just like really ridiculous, mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who were um, writing the articles were not low income people, or maybe at that time, maybe they experienced it in their life. Mm-hmm. But then that time, like I just like speaking out of turn. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the yeah. other thing about it, kind of to what you said earlier, there are a lot of folks who hold on to stuff due to like previous traumas. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like we know, like a lot of there there are black elders or. There are elders who have experienced, from all backgrounds, who have experienced all kinds of horrors. And it's like, okay, well, there was this time where I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm poor, but I have these. I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah. I'm just going to hold on to it. Because you just never know. You never know. I lived through the depression and yes, we ain't exactly. have shit. So you just exactly. never know exactly. when the government might do whatever. Mm-hmm. The, but they might shut down. And and so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna hold on to that right and, and then gonna, sorry, that, that gets passed down to your children mm-hmm. so then there are those of us who have I've never seen the depression I mean there's what's happening now and yeah. there was you know what happened during um, the recession right during the recession but age, I didn't yeah. live through no shit that the elders lived through yeah so why am I holding on to this shit mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. I'm also low income why am I holding on to this there's stuff in here that I don't need yeah so um I think that there are low-income folks who could benefit from this, perhaps. And the show was mostly about organizing. Right. It's not about your hoarder, let's clean your house. That's mm-hmm. not what the show is about. The mm-hmm. show is about let's organize these things you have. Right. right. That's that's the gist of the show. I don't know where the throwing away thing became like the central mm-hmm. thing for everybody. It's about let's make your life a little easier by creating systems and organization in your space. Mm-hmm period yeah racism gonna racism (laughs) xenophobia gonna xenophobe it's just so weird Mm -hmm. but the show's on netflix if you're interested in watching it yep check Um, out tidying up see for yourself Ooh, there's also while we're on the subject Uh there was also this subtext um of like family dynamics i think in the u.s or like gender dynamics yeah because i felt like uh yeah you mentioned this a lot of the the pressure that these, so many of the, the women, women felt oh my to gosh. like be the one who makes sure that their house is like to create military the sy- grade create the systems uphold the systems dictate the system make sure like, nothing is out of place all like, of that was i was just like the pressure these women yeah it was really it was really intense and it got super intense for me there's a black family um on one of the episodes there are two black families one is a family of four a mom a dad and a boy and girl two kids and then there's a black family at the end um it's a lesbian couple yeah and no they're, kids they're so cute. oh my gosh so they're adorable so i'm like really about to redecorate my apartment based on they're, what i saw in that episode yo when I'm marie, went, when marie went in their house because their house mm-hmm. there was their condo was nice she was mm-hmm. like do you need me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was perfect it was perfect they're so cute yeah. i wish they were my friends but um they could be they could be right yeah. hey y'all they, y'all they might listen <laughs> We'll be friends with y'all. Just email us. We'll we'll go to your city. We'll hang out. We'll have drinks. Mm -hmm. We won't stalk you. We're not weird. (laughs) But yeah, so the the black couple with the two kids, they 
loving couple mm-hmm. go-getters they yeah. look like they look like family goals life goals black love goals like on the on like yeah, the surface the, yeah and they clearly loved each other and mm-hmm. loved their kids and were supportive their kids were smart yeah. and like you know had Bubbly agency and, and like, all yeah. this stuff right but as the show is going on you could tell that the burden of the household the the mom is is drowning under the pressure yeah. of it all and guilt. Yeah, I'm looking at a family that, for all intents Has and purposes, four seems members perfect. in it. Yeah, there's four yeah. members mm-hmm. in this family, mm-hmm. and the onus of all of this shit is on one yeah. person. It brought her to tears. Yes. She felt like she was letting her family, family down. down because she had not impl- put systems in place that would. I don't know, keep their whole entire house like organized and not a thing out of place. And it was really intense. And it was it was sad because, again, you could tell that she had a loving and supportive husband. But Mm -hmm. it was like in this This area, area. he had no interest in participating and didn't see her suffering. He annoyed me in this because, like I said, I did love this family and stuff like that. But he annoyed me because he was very like, if I don't feel confident in it, I just don't do it. Right. And he didn't even say, you're saying with like a certain like snark and stuff like that. So I have to say. That's how I interpret If you're it, not. Right. No, because that's really what it was. <laughs> but it's one of those things that like, it could this could be happening right under your nose. nose. Like I could totally know those people and be cool with them and be like, oh, they're awesome. They're perfect. They're this, they're that. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, she's drowning under this pressure. Yeah. And it doesn't even look like abuse. Neither of them. I, I, what, what was What's good is that by the end of the episode, he realizes I've been letting her drown in yeah, this. Alone. Um, right. So yeah. like neither of them realize that there's like an element of like abuse happening there so it was good to see okay they are redeemable and he can like learn out of this so he's not just a dick he just like was operating within the patriarchy exactly um and the other thing about it is because she was a homemaker so basically she seemed like somebody who's like a type a personality and probably like you know got amazing grades and does amazing at whatever job she has Mm -hmm. and now she is um a stay-at-home mom because it's best for her family and her husband is doing his they've moved they relocated her husband she was a hairdresser really yeah she's a hairdresser Okay, now I'm even more upset. She's a hairdresser. Now I'm infuriated. She's a black woman. We, she, she had a job. Okay, all right. I didn't, I didn't realize that. She's a hairdresser. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very angry now to know that because what, because what it felt like to me, and I, I feel like a lot of stay-at-home moms feel pressured to prove because domestic work is so undervalued yeah. they feel pressure to to prove oh well i'm doing enough i i what i'm doing is equal to what this man is doing right and and they they feel like they have to do so much more mm-hmm. to prove that yeah. or like they feel like they have to constantly overcompensate for right. oh well i'm the one who stays at who quote unquote gets to stay at home yeah. and so i have to overcompensate so it doesn't look like i'm just a, a stay at home mom exactly. who's eating bonbons when we know whatever you do from everything that those kids had was because of her Mm -hmm. the fact that they were fed everybody was cleaned their home was clean it Mm -hmm. was you know they could use some organizing tips but like a regular ass house their home was clean they were happy they were smart they she knew where things were she like everything she was doing it yeah and it's still she felt like it wasn't enough and i think it's because of that psychology that domestic work domestic stuff doesn't matter and so um 
whatever it is you're not doing enough it doesn't matter that you wash the dishes it doesn't matter that you did the laundry that's just and that's what you're supposed to what, do like, right you're not you're doing something you do. want exactly. to do you're doing the shit you're supposed to do yeah because and it's you, not you're a woman and this is and what it's not counted to do. as work yeah it's not counted as work that you made everybody breakfast that's not counted as work it doesn't matter so that that made me sad and then something else i thought was interesting was people asking marie like so is your house completely organized? You have stuff? Like, I felt like people needed a lot of coddling and comforting to think like, oh, I'm not a bad person because yeah. you, you're, you're, are you messy sometimes too, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a little bit white and weird. Like this feeling of like, I'm doing things that I know that I'm doing things the right way and I'm doing my best or whatever. So like you like, can you please reassure me that, like, I'm normal and I'm okay and that you also experience, like, clutter or mm-hmm. some shit? I didn't interpret that in that way. I thought I found it white and weird with the first family mm-hmm. when it was like, how do you get your kids? And she's like, I just, like, do this enough that they find it fun you know how kids kind of like right when she was asking how do you get your kids, you kids to, to participate to keep things clean and for and me that was strange because it was just i as a kid as seeing my nieces and nephews grow up and stuff mm-hmm. they all went through this phase when it was real little one they were like cleaning shit right. because they saw it happening mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. them so it was like how do you not understand how much your children emulate you Mm. like how, how does that disconnect mm. where huh yeah, yeah. what i don't know <laughs> I, th- I thought it was interesting that that she needed she started off that feeling in me of like needing all this reassurance that she was yeah they um, shouldn't have started the equal. season with yeah, that family that she was she was <laughs> not for people to it, call like, it i watch. felt like she kept comparing herself to like marie like you 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 deal with clutter too right or you your house gets messy or is it always just clean or like why are you what she, this is a this is a professional who's here to help you with whatever why are you all concerned about like her business she didn't come here for that it's not even the energy she's giving you that felt really like white mm-hmm. to me yeah okay um, i see what you're saying yeah it was like why do you need her to make yeah. you feel good in comparison to her what is this fucking supremacist comparison Mm -hmm. anyway i don't like that shit yeah but yeah anyway watch tidying up if you want to if you don't want to don't Don't watch watch it it. just don't be racist about it yeah please don't so jay yo you want to get into news that's not news yes let's do it in a world where don lemon is considered a respectable news anchor in a world where people respect Don Lemon. Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways, with a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news that's not news. So I'm just going to tell them what the news that's not news segment is. I like that. Okay. So the news that's not news segment is where we share news stories that the mainstream media is not highlighting because they white motherfuckers. Or we share news stories with an angle or a gaze that a woman is race nerd would have. That's right. What's the story? What's the story? So, according to the Washington Post, I thought this was maybe a good thing. The next generation of voters is more liberal, more inclusive, and believes in government. So, that's exciting. Um, According to a new poll from the Pew Research Center, 
The teens may offer a window into the politics of Generation Z. Generation Z is defined as folks born after 1996 through, I guess, now? Probably. Yeah. So, um, so my nieces and right. So those people are on the cusp of adulthood. The oldest um, of Generation Z are graduating college. And by 2020, almost half will be eligible to vote in the presidential election. So their values and opinions could help shape national politics, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, according to a recent survey, oh, according to the Pew survey, Gen Z teens and young adults have an have overwhelmingly adopted left-leaning beliefs similar to those of the millennials before them. They overwhelmingly disapprove of President Trump, believe government should do more, and reject uh, American exceptionalism. Okay, so and they're not the ones who yell at Native people and say build a wall? These are good points. Okay. These are good points. Just asking. Uh, I think that those were these people. Yeah. Um, but maybe those, <laughs> maybe they're in the minority okay. is the hope. Because okay. this is a Pew Research study, and I think Pew 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 is a good research <laughs> center. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I think Pew is kind of a big deal. So I'm okay. hoping I'm hoping that this is like okay, yeah, a good thing. Because even supposedly even um, Republicans of this age, of course, I guess not the ones who support President Trump, but like. Mm-hmm. Republicans of their age also, they say, overwhelmingly disapprove of President Trump compared to Republicans within other generations. So I want to say, though, that like disapproving Trump doesn't still mean a good thing for me. Facts. That doesn't mean that. That's actual. Factual. <laughs> like, no, you're right. That doesn't mean that. You are right. Other things about Generation Z, they say is that it's not uncommon it's not uncommon for young people to hold liberal views that that change as mm-hmm. they get older. Yeah. But what's special about Generation Z is that they grew up in a very different world um, than previous generations. The oldest among them was 11 when President Obama was elected. Mm-hmm. They became teenagers as uh, same-sex marriage was legalized around the country and they according to Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) They will um, be the most racially diverse and well-educated generation. This well-educated thing, I don't, I want to know what that means. You know? I don't know. They probably mean in the sense of college education. Probably. Probably. Mm -hmm. The bad thing about this is that... Um, events like our government shutdown are not likely to inspire this generation to participate in Mm -hmm. politics Uh um, or like not to participate but like to vote to actually come out and vote 31 percent of eligible of eligible millennials voted in the midterm elections and so if millennials and gen zers increase their participation in the elections we could have the power to decide the outcome but if they feel disenfranchised then there's a chance they might be like yeah fuck fuck it none of this matters i'm operating outside the system let's build a tunnel let's live under (laughs) which i can fuck with that too i can fuck with that yo but please vote this monster out of office but anyway i thought that that might be some silver lining the president again go ahead sir you you were saying i would like us not to say that again here okay in this space um maybe not maybe something will happen He'll die. I would like for us not to say that here <laughs> in this space either. Um, I like doing this podcast. I just said he would maybe, you know, he's old. 
Well, he does like fast food. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Had too much sun. Yeah. But hopefully this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um I love your optimism. I wanted to be optimistic about something. I'm choosing to be optimistic That's about good. this. That's good. Yeah. I'm choosing to be optimistic about it. My nephews and my niece, they, those are Gen Z people. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what made me optimistic about it was that the oldest of Gen Z was 11 years old when President Obama was elected. And I mm-hmm. think that that is super important because uh-huh. I, I think that President Obama, at minimum, his presence was um, image activism. Yeah. And uh, I, I would like to think that that image had an impact on, like, a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I like, that. I, mm-hmm. I want to see the evidence of yeah. that. It's hard to feel it now living under this fucking um you and know because that's Agent not our Orange experience shit, this Trump that's shit. not our experience we right. were 11 with a black president right right so i want to see the fruits of that shit mm-hmm. you yeah, know what i'm saying because right now I, I i don't see it yet i don't know it yet i, I don't know 11, what that's one like of the bushes with the president <sighs> yeah i don't um I don't know. So that's what's that's what's keeping me like feeling like, okay, this could be like a thing. Like mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet. Like it's gonna hit. We're gonna feel it. You know, it's gonna matter. So okay. make it matter, children. <laughs> make it matter. Don't disappoint Stop me. Don't put all the pressure on them. Don't like that. disappoint me. This is on you. Them books are thirty five dollars, okay? I can't afford to buy them comic books. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm full yeah. oh, circle. Oh, God. So, you ready to pay some black women? Yes, please. That would make me happy, too. Let's pay a black woman. Give me your fucking money! Do you want to tell our listeners what this segment is all about? Yes, I do. Our Pay Black Women segment is when we highlight uh, black and indigenous women who are either entrepreneurs with their own business, who are either um, maybe they have a GoFundMe, maybe they're raising money or need donations for some, something, or maybe they just um, need $5 for lunch or $10 for lunch or some shit. Like, so any black or indigenous women, you can submit your ideas for or companies or businesses for, for play or women. Yeah. Whoever for play for pay black women to tea with queen and j at gmail.com and let us know um of a black or indigenous woman who you would like to include and pay black women yes 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 so today's pay black woman is a woman by the name of marion Rollet and she holds a special place in my heart because i was watching the netflix doc on fry fire fast i don't know why i can mm-hmm. call it fry maybe because it's fried um <laughs> <laughs> a fire fest so she owned exuma point which was a small bar and restaurant that was contracted by the people of fire to be like the bar point for the festival mm-hmm. um she hired extra staff because she's expecting this huge festival this is going to be a good money time from her um and then the fire fest fraud happened and the people that she hired are her people Right. They're they're all from the same ex- island, you know. Well, like, you know, like so. Like, first, can we tell people what Firefest? Firefest. Firefest was a festival that was created by a man named what is his name? Some white man. Okay. And he partnered with a rapper. I'm not going to say the rapper's name since I can't remember the white man's name. Mm-hmm. And the they actually made an app that was supposed to be about booking 
famous people for performances and stuff like that. So if you have a a bar mitzvah and you want Beyonce to be there, you can book her through the app. I doubt she would be on the app, but Mm -hmm. whatever. And this festival was supposed to be this premiere event to bring everybody aware of Fire and this app and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. They were going, they were planning to make this festival reoccurring. Mm So that's the basis of oh, what like fire Oh, like FanCon was supposed to be reoccurring too. Well, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. BET gonna do that, that mm-hmm. documentary. Mm-hmm. And it basically flop, flopped because the white man involved is a huge ass scammer. When you see the documentary, you'll see mm-hmm. that he's a scammer as a motherfucker. It was an illy planned festival. He just kept stealing pe- money from people and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So thousands of mostly white people who can afford to do this went to uh, the Bahamas. The specific island was Exuma. And there were like, basically like fucking tents, um, mattresses. It poured, it started pouring rain in the night before. So all the tents and mattresses were like wet. Oh my God. Um, the stage for performances weren't even completed. Mm. There was not really any food. I think there was a picture that went viral of like cheese sandwiches mm-hmm. that people were eating. According to the Netflix documentary, there's two. There's a Netflix one and a Hulu one. This woman was only on the Netflix one. Mm -hmm. But in the Netflix one, when they brought people to the island, they brought them, a lot of them to her bar first to like kind of like get everybody drunk Mm -hmm. before they they go to the tents and realize what the fuck, Mm -hmm. where the fuck am I at? Why didn't they cancel this festival? Because scammers. Scammer ass white man who was like, I could do whatever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whatever. So course like she juices all her liquor she can't pay her staff because they don't pay her what they're supposed to pay her so because one she's a a great person and because she believes in community she used her life savings which was fifty thousand dollars to pay off the people who she had hired to work for that festival um but made me mad Cause the whole documentary, I'm kind of laughing and snickering. Like, look at how these people just blindly believe this white man. Like, yeah. this is fucking crazy. Look at white supremacy. Ha ha ha. That's why you got duped by your own white supremacy. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing during the whole documentary. Then they get to her. She was throughout the documentary, but when mm-hmm. she gets to that part where she talks about the money and how she had to just give her life savings and how like she's heartbroken by this thing and how I don't want to hear the word fire again, like fuck this shit, and she starts crying, is when I get, I start crying and now I want to fight. Because mm-hmm. you have this black woman crying who literally gave her all. We talk all the time about black women in labor and how we're the mules. And like yeah. now you're like, <sighs> it made me so angry. So it was great to find that there's actually a GoFundMe for her. Um, it's a legit GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pay this woman. Give her money. It's actually surpassed the goal, but let's give her more. Yeah, so just like to remind everybody about how GoFundMe works, they take a large, a large percentage, percentage of any yeah. donations. Um, so uh, we want to make sure that we surpass her goal mm-hmm. and then we all we also want to make sure we cover that that chunk of money that they're going to take out i think it's about 30 yeah, percent or something like that. that but if you think about it so she had her 50 percent life yep. savings yep then it's the profit that she lost mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of yeah. loss there's that the she interest to, yes if none of this had happened her fifty thousand that would be that would have been building interest yes. and shit like that mm-hmm. yeah the business that she lost mm-hmm. she was supposed to acquire profit she didn't get that right she probably doesn't have any more liquor 
that mm-hmm. you know like all of this stuff that this woman lost because of this white motherfucker he's in prison now but like that's not enough yeah. i want this black woman to get her money mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah, yeah so we have the gofundme in the link um give mary and role your money that's right pay black women yes mm-hmm. i like that one yes thank you mm-hmm. and watch those documentaries if you're interested in seeing how white supremacy works like we know how it works mm-hmm. but like it was interesting just to see how much because this white man is a white man how much he was able to get away with for how long this is a behavior that was enabled in him since he was a child because his parents are on the dock, right? And <laughs> yes. his mom on the dock, like, you can see it. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's so smart. He's a genius. And everyone kept calling him a genius. Mm. And I was just like, what Yeah, the fuck? White scammers are geniuses. Yeah, so that's pay black woman. All right, mm-hmm. that's dope. Are you ready to throw somebody in the pit? Hell motherfucking yeah. All right. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. So, Jay, do you want to tell everyone what the pit is? I do. So, the pit is basically the opposite of libations. The pit is where we throw people who are trying to fuck with our black ass, black joy. People and systems who are trying to suck that shit away from us and out of us. We throw them in the fucking pit, yo, in the fiery pit. And they can burn down there with uh, whoever is in the pit. Yes. (sighs) So, this pit... I am throwing in Erica Badu. Okay. Problematic, Erica. problematic auntie. She's trying to escalate her problematic auntie status to like, okay, we don't we really don't fuck, fuck with, with you, you no more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I tweeted a while, if not even a while ago, a few, like, yesterday mm-hmm. not a few days ago that i'm like i preach because i know that she's problematic i know that she feeds into rape culture mm-hmm. she had that whole thread a while back where she was saying that schoolgirls, like it's kind of natural for men to be attracted for for little girls it's and that's why they should for grown men yeah to be attracted to younger girls and that's why they should dress certain ways when they're at school and little all of this stuff dress and she went modest. on this whole tirade to try to like defend whatever she said it, went, mm-hmm. it was been on twitter for like a while yeah she's a victim blamer yes very much so so I appreciated that for the week that the R. Kelly survivor story was out, that I didn't hear her say anything. Like, I appreciated that. So the first instance where I noticed her say something was on her Instagram story. She posted a picture that had nothing to do with R. Kelly. It was just a picture of her. But people in the comments was like, why do you support R. Kelly or something like that? And she responded, um, I'm a reader. So a person comment i loved you until i realized you support a rapist and pedophile as your brother um and then erica badu responded and was like correction love has very little to do with supporting others bad choices love is wisdom so that's the first thing where i was just like and mm-hmm. i saw that i saw this on my own feed because i follow on instagram and i was like oh shit i saw it on instagram too and i was like oh she's doing her auntie that's what i did yeah, and i was hoping again. it just stayed yeah there. because i thought someone was i didn't know she had actually said something i thought somebody was assuming because she's a problematic auntie and a victim blamer uh-huh. that she was supportive of r kelly mm-hmm. or that maybe she you know said something like something more ambiguous than mm-hmm. like full-on support because even her response if you take it out of context, it's just kind of ambiguous. Yeah. You know? However. Um, however. So that happens. 
And then she had a performance at, uh, I don't know the name of the stadium or it wasn't a stadium. Um, a venue in Chicago, which is R. Kelly's hometown city. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where a lot of the operations right. um, happen. If you watch the um, docuseries. So she's in his city and she makes a point while in his city performing a concert that has nothing to do with R. Kelly. Nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him mm-hmm. to start talking about R. Kelly. And she starts by saying that they need to send a prayer to R. And, like, if you're just saying R, you're kind of, like, being endearing. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. nicknamey, yeah. like, R. Um, so we need to say a prayer to R. Um, she also said, this is according to TMZ, you guys. She said that she hopes that he sees the light of day. And if he's done all of these things, he he was accused of. And then she also said. Um, she, said she said she said if he done what they say. Yeah. You know, something like, you know, if that happened. If, if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, people are booing her. Um, there's a video that Jay and I was listening to. And you can just hear how she was ruining black people's joy. People were so disappointed. So disappointing. She also said if anyone who was allegedly assaulted by R. Kelly like went on to be an offender themselves like what would we do to them mm-hmm. and these are valid okay you could want to pray for r kelly mm-hmm. right i particularly don't but you could want to pray for r kelly mm-hmm. you could think he deserves to heal or whatever mm-hmm. um and that shit i don't give a fuck about that but whatever you could think that you could ask the question how are we going to treat his survivors if they become offenders you can ask these questions but this is not that's not questions you ask before you ask about prayers for the survivors those are not things you ask before we address rape culture and how we're going to solve that culture we can't get to that other piece if we have not yet solved rape culture Mm -hmm. and men being predators in this way people being predators in this way we are not we're just at the tip of that Mm -hmm. so these other things are things that come after like could we rehabilitate these survivors first can Mm -hmm. we get to making sure that women and girls aren't prey to these motherfuckers where Mm -hmm. they could thrive and have fucking systematic ways in which they could abuse these women those are the things that you are talking about Mm -hmm. if you're not talking about that before or to preface these other things then yeah. shut the fuck up yeah. nobody wants to hear that shit people paid money mm-hmm. to come see you perform your shit and not ruin it with this fucking r kelly shit they're mm-hmm. already in chicago yep. they're already in chicago yep you don't know what kind of a trauma what kind of trauma members in your audience have, have experienced through that you you may have you may have a survivor in I'm your audience i'm sure she has a survivor yeah and her fucking audience mm-hmm. and you bring up r mm-hmm. bitch shut up yeah it was whack that and, was and, not the time of the place and not at any point to bring up she doesn't walk around talking about like let's pray for the healing of of black no. women or she, like she says know, that victims. a little bit in the video but after mm-hmm. when people are booing when people are like mm-hmm. kind of holding her accountable mm-hmm. for showing love for R. Kelly, this is not the fucking time. Mm-hmm. That's do that shit in your fucking living room. Yeah. You want to let Puma perform with R. Kelly? You want to let Puma, mm-hmm. that's her daughter, mm-hmm. do anything with fucking R. Kelly? So shut up. Like let's yeah. be fucking for real. We don't care about his fucking healing. Mm-hmm. He's fucking harming people. Mm-hmm. 
Like you ain't yeah. Jesus. You ain't gonna give him the re- like you not Jesus. No. Leave that to Jesus or whoever the fuck else. I don't know. If she believes Jesus, but whoever else offers that shit, leave that to them. Well, that's something that you the interesting that you say when you say you don't know if she believes in Jesus because people often look to her as like a spiritual. Um, she is a figure within like the movement of like spirituality and yeah. healing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She's a doula. So Juju actually put something in her Instagram story that I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she put a post from someone who was on Facebook. Their Facebook name is Hess Love. Mm-hmm. And I think their Instagram is at Hess to Love, mm-hmm. the number two. Hess, the number two, love. And Hess says, whether you cancel Erica Badu or not, it's important that you call out slash critique her actions or else you are complicit in the spiritual bypassing she's using to enable R. Kelly. As a person with celebrity and visibility, her actions and inactions matter. It's dangerous for her as a black person to be passive when someone is hurting other black people. It's dangerous for her as a black woman to be passive when someone is hurting black girls. It's dangerous for her as a black spiritualist to be passive when someone is targeting black vulnerable populations and abusing them sexually, mentally, and spiritually. Her being seen as an icon for contempt Contemporary black mysticism causes her actions to splash against the larger ironies of black people leaving Abrahamic religion due, due to abuse and its enabling only to repeat that culture under African religious systems or unreligious blackness that's supposed to heal and free us. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting um, to think of her in that way. And I think that's where some of like what folks call like hotep shit yeah hotepery tends to and i know uh some people are offended by that term um or fotepery perhaps if that makes people more comfortable i'm not gonna not say it but i was wondering yeah i'm not gonna not say it but i do I, i do want to acknowledge that there are people who are offended by that term and i want them to know that i am aware of that perspective and that i agree to disagree but there is this element of okay we're op- we're operating outside of the um traditional black religions that we were taught or that we grew up with because mm-hmm. they didn't properly serve us they oppressed us in a lot of ways and so now though i claim to be evolved from this i'm using those same tools i'm still i'm using that same that same same ancient whackness and oppressing right for only certain people yeah not for women no because women are bad and garbage and dirty cheek for a fucking abuser exactly you're doing that shit Mm -hmm. yep yep like that shit is disgusting gross Mm -hmm. and like it's it's irresponsible and it's like disgusting that you would be that irresponsible like was you high like what the fuck like there was no need for you to say anything nothing at all nothing and as a problematic auntie um she performed at afropunk this summer in brooklyn yeah and i appreciated that she was not there to talk or say problematic things she's there to do the work that we love and enjoy and sing and perform and um i've listened to interviews with her recently and she's funny and she's not talking about because i feel also she knows we find her problematic yeah and so there are times where she doesn't say anything Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying prior to the whole surviving r kelly thing there were times where i heard her specifically say you know well i know y'all get mad or i don't you know what i'm saying she don't touch stuff like that Mm -hmm. she says funny stuff she does her her um doula stuff yeah and uh, 
has chilled I think on a lot of that it doesn't mean that I think her views had changed no. at all but I appreciated that you know okay I don't want your opinion on this so I appreciated that at Afropunk she didn't say no shit and we were able to just enjoy our music and have a good time yeah. it's unfortunate that she took this time at a concert at a concert in a city where the people have been traumatized for decades by this person no that's fucking irresponsible and mm-hmm. then now it makes me think about how we always talk about the separation of women and queen and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. her queendom has allowed her to go unchecked mm-hmm. for so fucking long mm-hmm. because she's a queen and whatever she says just makes sense mm-hmm. and it's doesn't need to be challenged it doesn't need to be questioned mm-hmm. and it's she's it's probably right because it's coming out of her mouth and because she knows these things and it's like nah fuck all of that shit mm-hmm. she should have been checked throughout her whole life yeah. to the point that it's like this big and full and mm-hmm. being a woman and still thinking that detrimentally mm-hmm. is that's insanity because yeah. it's never going unchecked this mm-hmm. cycle of her just thinking these things and it never being checked mm-hmm. is it's fucking sad and it's because of her queendom that she has been comfortable yeah. or comforted in that space and no one ever questioned it and because her queendom still appeases to men in that way because she never addresses patriarchy and mm-hmm. she never challenges that shit men are fine with it mm-hmm. they're okay with it right. they let it slide you know it's, mm-hmm. it's just disgusting i recall you're in a fucking pit like i can't mm-hmm. it's it's this guy it's good it's, it's gross mm. what song you think she played after that I, on After and on said that. <laughs> it goes on and on and no no rape culture never stops till the break of dawn yeah. i said that's probably what she did <laughs> i was going underwater oh god with my thoughts because i'm a dick <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i appreciated that pit thanks for that yeah she's in a pit all right well i think we did a show we sure did excellent job yo please be sure um to wait my computer's slow now i'm acting like i don't have any sense but i'm already right and i'm like i know how to end the show i already know what to say i already know what to say um be sure to come check out uh inner whole uprisings party on the 26th come through to queen's vision board uh workshop on the 27th yes. and on the 28th please make sure to check out bad, bad ladies, ladies live, live show. show we'll be at all three of those events the links to all of those again will be in the show notes you can follow us on the social meds um we're on twitter and instagram at t with qj we are on facebook and tumblr at t with queen and j you can check out our website t with queen and j.com and as always you can send us t-mail at t with qj at gmail.com um. yes <laughs> Say it with your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure to subscribe wherever app you're listening to us on. Subscribe. Also, we would like to come to your city, speak at your school. If Mm -hmm. you are interested in that, hit us in our um, email and we can get that started Mm -hmm. also. Yep, yep, yep. If you have a budget, we're down for whatever type of program you got going on, you mm-hmm. know. Black History Month is upon us. Women's Month be coming up. We out here. Book a bitch. Book a bitch. And we out here for all, you know, all seasons. Book a bitch. Year round. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Hashtags? Yes. Okay. Hashtag T with QJ. Hashtag Pods in Color. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag say her name. Hashtag maybe he doesn't hit you. Hashtag stop telling women to smile. Uh, uh, While I stayed, you mm-hmm. okay, sis? 
hashtag Marsha's Plate, hashtag Innerhole Uprising, hashtag Queer Walk, hashtag Queer Walk Pod, hashtag Bag Ladies, hashtag Unpacked BG. Stop killing trans women. Hashtag Sexually Liberated Women. Trans Lives Matter. Hashtag Therapy for Black Girls. Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Black Panther So Lit. 4C Forever. Hashtag Black Comics. Hashtag Black Comic Book Fest NYC. Okay, we did a show. <laughs> I think I have a date to see us movie. Ooh. Hashtag us bang. <laughs> oh, you're right. I like that. Okay, that's his name. Um, <laughs> okay, we did it. This podcast was created, hosted, and executive produced Eww. by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support from a black girl named Sam Riddell. Peace out. Bye. I don't know how everybody else feel about it, but I'm, I'm putting up a prayer right now for Ari. I hope he sees the light of day if he's done all those things that we've seen on TV and heard those ladies talk about. 20 years ago. I hope he sees the light of day and comes No. No. What y'all say? Fuck him. Fuck him.